What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Sunday, July 17th. As we're getting close now to the All-Star break, Sunday's game will be the final game for the Cardinals before the break with Monday's Home Run Derby and Tuesday's All-Star game. Be a good opportunity for the teams around the game to rest the players to get some relaxation. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of fun as well with Albert Pujols in the Derby on Monday and then the All-Star festivities featuring several Cardinals. One of the Cardinals previously announced as an All-Star will not be taking part in the festivities. After all, that's Nolan Arenado. We'll talk today on B-Shape Daily about his All-Star exit, why it's taking place, what it means, and what we think about it. If it has us concerned in any way, shape, or form. We'll get into that. We'll get into today's game as well. Saturday's game, I should say, which is yesterday by the time I'm recording this. The Cardinals piled it on, Nick Lodolo and the Cincinnati Reds, with an important win, 11-3. to It's the kind of win that you should coast to when you get the opposing starter on the rocks the way he had been in that first inning with, I believe, three walks, a hit batter. Lodolo was not on his game. I actually like Nick Lodolo a lot, and I think he could end up being a key piece for the Reds for the future of their organization, but he's still pretty raw, has only made a handful of big league starts, and today's was not one that he'll want to look back on very fondly. Cardinals get him for five runs in just two innings. He gives up five hits, walks three. I think he hit three batters as well. The five strikeouts is indicative of the fact that Lodolo has a future in this game to get five strikeouts while recording only six outs, but he faced far more batters than that, and he gives up a home run as well. So we'll talk about the performance by the Cardinals' offense today, which included Paul Goldschmidt's 300th home run. You'd like to see that. Miles Michaelis was great for the Cardinals. We'll talk about him and his seven innings of one-run baseball that he threw. And we're going to break down the game from Saturday. But other than that, I want to spend more of our time talking about the future. And that's something we'll do a little bit as well over the course of the All-Star Week. I've teased this a little already, but I want to reiterate it. If you've got names that you would like to see discussed in terms of trade deadline chatter on B-Shape Daily over this next week, DM me on Twitter at bshafer 12 and let me know who are some of the names around the game that you would like to see the Cardinals pursue. Who do you think maybe the Cardinals might need to trade away in order to get some of the talent influx into the building that they may need to get where they want to go, not only the rest of this season, but perhaps into the future as well. Lots of interesting topics to be discussed. One of them is going to be Juan Soto at some point this week. I expect to do a full Juan Soto trade poll podcast because I did, if you caught it earlier on Saturday on Twitter at bshafer 12 I did post a trade poll, a Juan Soto trade, because big news coming out on Saturday morning, I believe it was, early afternoon maybe, that Juan Soto has turned down a $440 million contract offer from the Washington Nationals. And because of that, the Nationals are potentially willing to consider trading him. They're going to listen to offers and see what happens over the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be a big topic of conversation because I know Cardinals fans are interested. Why wouldn't you be? Juan Soto is, what, 24 years old and a fantastic player, one of maybe one of the top five hitters in the game today. And if you're projecting moving forward, certainly in that top five, given how young he is, 
and still has a couple of years of team control following 2022. Granted, you're in arbitration, and I believe he was a Super 2 guy, so ARB 3, ARB 4. The cost is going to be exorbitant in terms of the money that he'll make on an annual basis, and if you're turning down a $440 million contract, you know that whatever his ultimate extension ends up being, it's going to be pricey for whichever team finds a way to sign him. So, lot to get to in terms of that, but what it brings us to as well is a conversation about the future, because within that poll, I threw some pretty heavy-hitting prospects from the Cardinals side into the hypothetical trade poll that would bring Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals to the St. Louis Cardinals. Names like Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker. If you haven't voted in it, go on over to Twitter at bshafer12 and scroll till you find the poll. I've tweeted a lot in the the hours since I tweeted out the poll, but you'll still be able to to track it down. I probably should have pinned it to the top of my profile, and honestly, while I'm talking about it now, maybe I will just go ahead and do that. But really interesting because, I mean, Juan Soto is a massive, massive name, as I mentioned. Young players still really entering his prime, if you think about prime playing ages. He got a real early start, kind of like Bryce Harper, and so he's still... He's got a lot of years left, and and even before he signs a contract, he'll have a couple years of team control for whichever team may decide to trade for him. So really interesting, but at the same time, Cardinals prospects Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker were on display on Saturday in the MLB All-Star Game Futures Game, which kind of kicks off the All-Star festivities out in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium this weekend. We'll talk about how those two performed in the All-Star Game the Futures All-Star Game, I should say. Offensively, there wasn't maybe a lot to get to, but I I, want to spend some time talking about these two guys. And Mason Wynn gave gave us a great opportunity to do so because of one particular throw that he made in this game that actually set a record. So after we get done with a little bit of game recap from the Cardinals' 11-3 win over the Reds on Saturday, we'll get into a little bit more of uh, the Future Talk. If you like Future Talk, at bshafer12 on Twitter, tell me what, I need to be doing over this next week because I believe after this podcast post, I will have done a B-Shape daily. I do call it daily after all. I will have done one nine out of the last 10 days, I'm pretty sure it is. And that's what we're trying to do. Maybe not, it may not be a seven day a week outfit going forward, but at least five days a week and certainly over the All-Star break, I want to be able to continue giving you guys some content, certainly in the season. We may bump it back down in the off season and not do so many podcasts. But right now the the getting is good. So we should be getting after it with everything going on in baseball and, and certainly within the St. Louis Cardinals context. So let's go ahead and talk about Saturday's game before we get into some of the Arenado talk and then maybe a little bit about the future as well. Cardinals, as I mentioned, piled it on to Nick Lodolo. And that's really what you want to do for a young pitcher that now that's two days in a row that they've been able to take advantage of two guys with extreme talent in Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, but two pitchers that are still raw. They're still finding their way in this game at this level. The strikeout stuff is evident for both players, but the Cardinals did a good job in terms of just letting the game come to them. If you're going to have a pitcher on the other side that's going to walk you three times in an inning and walk in runs and hit guys with the bases loaded to provide more runs, take what you're given. And the Cardinals did a good job of that on Saturday, but they did provide some punch as well that they actually had to earn. A two-for-five day for Paul Goldschmidt that was punctuated by the 300th home run of his big league career. And I was talking to my buddy Trevor before the game on Saturday 
And he said, I think number 300 is coming for Goldschmidt today. And I said, yeah, you know what? That seems plausible. It seems like he's due. Maybe about time was slipping beneath that 1,000 OPS mark. Well, with the homer, he's back above 1,000 at 1,004. So narrowly above, and that's going to be a really hard mark to maintain. But still hitting 330 in terms of his batting average on the season, just uh, doing a really good job and, and still my MVP. As I have said throughout the season, he's far. he had been far and away the leader in the clubhouse on that front. The pack may be coming back toward him a little bit or vice versa. But nevertheless, Paul Goldsmith doing a great job and good to see him grab that 20th home run of the season prior to the All-Star break. He's in the 70s now on RBIs as well. Had three more of those today. Uh, man, 20 homers, 70 RBIs before the break. That's something to be that's something to be proud of and, and certainly on an MVP-type trajectory right now for Paul Goldsmith. Cardinals offense in general, everybody that started the game got a hit today, and even Nolan Gorman didn't start, came in later as a, a pinch hitter and was able to get the job done. Might have been even a defensive replacement, but he goes one for one with a run score. Everybody across the board, but Austin Romine, who was a late pinch hitter, got a hit in this game. Edmund had two. I mentioned Goldsmith had two. A couple of runs scored for Albert Pujols on base twice. Same thing for Lars Newtbar, who's back in the fold. And he also hit a home run on Saturday, which is almost as exciting as Goldsmith's because Newtbar, you wondered, well, would, would getting sent down end up kind of harshing his mellow a little bit? He had been on a nice hitting streak. Seven of his last 14 prior to getting sent down for Tyler O'Neill, But with the little switcheroo that happened on Friday because of the injury to Juan Yepes, Newtbar's back, and they throw him in the lineup on Saturday. He has an impactful swing once again. I believe that was a three-run homer. Yeah, he ends the day with three RBIs. Had a walk as well. So Newtbar back up to the Mendoza line of 200 batting average and a 655 OPS. I want to see more Newtbar. While he's playing well, I hope they, I hope they find a, a way to put him in the lineup on Sunday. See what he can do. I know that you're going to have Harrison Bader returning, we think, at some point. And with Tyler O'Neill back, opportunities are going to become kind of sparse. But I think while Newt Bar's going well, I want to see what he's got because you'd hate to think another young outfielder could become that latest casualty of, yeah, we didn't really think we had room for him, so maybe we send him away in a trade where we don't get max value for what he actually could become and turn into. And and to have Lars succeed somewhere else after a lackluster trade return, uh, I don't think that would sit very well with Cardinals fans. I know Cardinals fans want starting pitching, and there was a lot of talk before the season, Lars Newtbar for Frankie Montas or Sean Manaya, one of those kinds of deals before Manaya went to the Padres. I wasn't in on that. I still, obviously, with you looking at the, the season for Newtbar, you could say, well, they if it would have just taken Newtbar for one of those pitchers straight up, of course you should have done that. I don't think that was ever on the table. But I do think Newtbar has uh, the tools to be a pretty solid player. I don't know if he maxes out as like a fourth outfielder type or if he can really uh, demand an everyday role somewhere with what he can do offensively. But I think he's a good, fun player, and I want to see more of him. Especially, though, while he's playing well. That, that's just a no-brainer. So good day, like I said, for the Cardinals offensively today. They were able to get to Lodolo, which is good. They got to the Reds' bullpen as well. That's got to be a group that going into Sunday is just absolutely gassed. Because today they had to use six relievers. I believe on Friday night they had to use four or five. It was not a great start for Hunter Green. So this is a group that should be, once again, very very gettable. They don't have very many good relievers anyway. And even the ones that had lower ERAs gave up runs today against the Cardinals. So Sunday should be another opportunity, I think, for the Cardinals to really try and stick it to this team. 
However, I will say, you may be listening to this podcast already aware of the fact that uh, the game has been postponed. I'm not saying that it's happened as of this recording, but I did look at the weather and I had somebody on Twitter tweet at me and say, should I be bracing for a potential postponement here early in the day, looking at the rain in the forecast? I, if you're listening to this Sunday morning, prior to any such announcement, I would say, yeah, be ready for that. If, if the rain in the forecast does end up coming through, I remember last year I was in Chicago for the final series before the all-star break Cardinals were playing the Cubs. And after a wonderful uh, Saturday night on the town, I got, uh, I, I got outside and was walking toward the stadium when I get a text that, yep, game's been postponed today already early in the morning because they want everybody to be able to get home Enjoy their all-star break. You don't want to have a situation where the game lingers into the night because of a rain delay on the on the last day before the all-star break. Nobody wants that. Like, literally nobody involved. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they would take a similar approach to Sunday, especially when you consider it's Cardinals-Reds, two teams in the same division that are obviously going to see each other again in the second half of the season. You can find a way to make those games up. With a regional rivalry like that, you just lop a doubleheader onto an additional series that you play, problem solved. So if the rain ends up coming through, we may have uh, an interesting podcast Sunday night or or none at all. We'll see. If there's no game, I, I may have to decide what to do about that. But if there is a game, it'll be Steven Matz against Graham Ashcraft for the Cardinals and the Reds. Steven Matz returning from the injured list. Cardinals would probably love to get a look at him right before the All-Star break just to get him some some real big league innings. But we'll see if the weather is going to cooperate in order to make that happen. But from Saturday's game, good to see the Cardinals offense go well, as I mentioned. Good to see Miles Michael is good again. Not that it's a surprise at this point. Feel a little bit bad that he doesn't end up getting to go to the All-Star game. 7-7 seven and seven record. Not that impressive. 2.54 ERA. Yeah, that's noticeable. That's uh, that's that's a pretty good mark, and I know ERA is the end-all, be-all, but that's pretty much one of the most important pitcher stats that you're going to have, right? I know people love strikeouts, and I will say Michaelis was getting some strikeouts, especially with the fastball, man. He can pump 95, and I was watching him blow fastballs by people today, which was an interesting stat that I heard Brad Thompson say on the broadcast that the majority of his strikeouts have actually come on the fastball. He's got good off-speed stuff, but... The fastball can work well, too. Only four for the day, but he had a couple in one of the innings where he, he got both of them on fastballs. So, Miles Michael is continuing to do his thing. It'll probably be good for him to get a chance to go back with family, take the break to unwind. But I'm just saying, I'm looking at the numbers in the National League. I'll, I'll tell you the names of the pitchers who have better ERAs than Miles Michaelis. And the list isn't very long. Sandy Alcantara, Tony Gonsolin, who we saw this week. Cardinals certainly should have given him his first loss of the season. Obviously, they weren't able to do that. Corbin Burns, Cardinals are familiar with that guy. Joe Musgrove, that's a trade that has panned out for San Diego. And Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis then is number five on the list in ERA in the National League. Doesn't have quite as gaudy strikeout totals. Looking at the K numbers for Miles Michael, it's just 92. I believe everybody else besides Gonsolin that I listed there has over 100. So Michael is lags behind maybe a little bit in that category. One thing that's pretty valuable, though, and yes, Adam Wainwright, this is, I mean, the workhorse mentality, throwing a lot of innings, that is a huge value. And that's, Miles Michaelis does that almost better than anybody. 
better than anybody but Sandy at this point. Sandy Alcantara, 138 in a third innings. Miles Michaelis, 120 in a third. And that's both in 19 starts. So you look across the league, there's not many guys doing what Miles has done in terms of an innings count, and that's valuable to the team. So I feel like that should have been considered in terms of an all-star consideration. But hey, is what it is. Miles gets to go into the all-star break as a winner, and he'll have a nice little layoff to be able to recoup and get ready for the stretch run. It's going to be an important one for the Cardinals and for him as he uh, tries to follow up a really good first half. TJ McFarland came in on in relief uh, of Miles Michaelis, gave up a couple of runs. You had a throwing error by Brendan Donovan in the inning, and then Johan Oviedo came on, run scored on a wild pitch after McFarland had left the game. But TJ did walk two batters, and that's maybe not great news for him in terms of the, the Cardinals giving him this opportunity. He's got the contract for this year. They remember how good he was last year, and they allowed him to come back off the COVID list, get that roll back potentially, and I don't know that giving up a couple of walks and then two unearned runs uh, while recording just one out is the way that they wanted things to go for McFarland in this game. We'll see what his future ends up looking like, but again, you got to have reliable relievers. Zach Thompson's back, so it's not like you have anybody in his stead that you wish would be called up at this point in time. Got to find a way to get through and and improve the command, though, if you're TJ McFarland, whose ERA now is down to 6.91 after two unearned runs. Didn't make an impact on that on Saturday. But yeah, looking forward, especially if the Cardinals end up trading for a reliever or two, the spots and the jobs out there are going to, to be hard to come by. So that could be interesting. Oviedo did a nice job. Walked a guy, gave up a hit, but struck out two over an inning and two-thirds and ended up finishing up the game for the Cardinals in the blowout on Saturday. So pretty good all around. It's a good win. Good to see. Let's get into some other topics, though, from Saturday. The news that Nolan Arenado would not be present at the All-Star game, bowing out and being replaced on the National League roster by Austin Riley, which I think is a good thing because Austin Riley, you look at his numbers, he is very deserving of the All-Star game. His numbers are better than Nolan's, really, for the season. Don't know how Austin Riley got overlooked in that first situation of uh, putting together the roster, but good to see that he rightfully will get to go. What does it mean for Nolan? Uh, Reporters from Bush Stadium on Saturday had said Nolan's dealing with some back tightness, lower back tightness. It's been something that's kind of on and off dealing with for the last couple of weeks. He was out of the lineup on Saturday. Uh, according to Katie Wu this morning, Nolan was hopeful to get back into the lineup for the final game before the break on Sunday. We'll see, obviously, if that game even is played and whether or not he's in there. But it makes sense to have Nolan Arnauto take it easy. I think this is his seventh All-Star game. He's had quite a few opportunities. Not to say it's not special, but he's had very many of them, and he's going to have more of them. He's still young enough uh, to, to be able to rack up more of those all-star appearances. If you're not feeling 100%, it makes sense to go ahead and take it easy. A guy like him, the way he grinds, plays the majority of games, makes enough sense to me that I'm not worried about it really in the slightest. I think at this point, even if he had no back soreness, no injury, you might, if you're Nolan Arenado and you've been grinding the way that he does, it might be better for you and for the team to just say, yeah, I want that vacation in the middle of the season where I don't have to continue on the grind and make appearances and be in the game. It's fun, sure, but it also probably takes a lot out of you. And then you turn around and you've only got maybe one or two off days instead of four to be able to enjoy before hitting the road for Cincinnati next weekend. So really my takeaway from the Nolan Arenado bowing out of the All-Star game Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that Cardinals fans know going in they won't get a chance to see him do anything special. 
But you still have Goldschmidt. You still have Ryan Helsley. And Albert Pujols, I bet, will get a chance to play in the game as well. Otherwise, why would they have him there? So I think Cardinals fans could still have a pretty good all-star week and uh, enjoy the guys that are there. Not too worried about Nolan opting out of that trip or being replaced. However, that came to be. MLB announced it on Saturday morning. However, Cardinals fans also got a chance to have their all-star weekend uh, off to a very fun start as well with the Futures game because of what Mason Wynn did on Saturday. So as I mentioned, offensively, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, both in the Futures game out in Los Angeles. They played the game on Saturday. National League prospects against American League, some of the best young talent in the minor leagues getting a chance to showcase their skills on Saturday in this format. Really cool. I like that they do this every year. Last year, Libertor Gorman were in the game. This year, it's Walker and Wynn, two guys from that 2020 draft class, first-round pick, second-round pick, getting a chance to uh, to put their skills on display. Even though they didn't have a great day offensively, I think Mason Wynn struck out twice, Jordan Walker 0 for 2. You did see Mason Wynn make an incredible throw that actually set a stat cast record. So earlier in the week, O'Neill Cruz, the shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates, rookie shortstop, top prospect. They called him up. He hasn't been doing a ton at the plate. Decent for my fantasy team. I will say that. But he's got a heck of an arm. And he set a stat cast record, which began, they began doing the stat cast tracking in 2015. And nobody had thrown an infield assist as hard as O'Neill Cruz did. I believe it was Thursday when he fired one over to first base at 97.8 miles per hour from the shortstop position. Mason Wynn saw that and said, well, I'm not old enough to drink one, but hold my beer because I can I can certainly do that. And he told a reporter from Baseball America, uh, Jeff Pontes, I believe is the man's name. I don't know him, but I saw his tweet earlier. Yeah, Jeff Pontes of Baseball America covers the minor leagues and the Cape Cod League for those guys. He told the reporter earlier this week, if I get a chance to unload one in Saturday's Futures game, I am going to break that record that O'Neill Cruz set just a few days ago at 97.8 miles per hour. And sure is shooting. <laughs> and the video of it is ridiculous. But my, Mason Wynn did indeed get a ground ball to him in the second inning. And that poor unsuspecting first baseman, I don't know if maybe he had a little bit of warning that, hey, this might be coming. If, I, if you're fielding a ball for me, get ready because I'm firing it because I want to see what I can do on StatCast. It's like he's at a carnival trying to set set the record on the, the fastest throw machine. But instead of a carnival, he's in Dodger Stadium, and StatCast has uh, sensors everywhere. 100.5 miles per hour out of the arm of Mason Wynn, a new StatCast record, and by a long shot, right? 97.8 to 100.5 is a good 2.7 mile per hour difference, so not even a contest. No wonder Mason Wynn was so confident that he would be able to break that record. He shattered it and did so really without breaking a sweat. So I think that's something Cardinals fans can be excited about. And then we get to decide whether or not Mason Wynn and maybe some other prospects should be traded to the Nationals for Juan Soto. That's uh, something that we'll talk about in an upcoming podcast this week during the All-Star break. I am, I'm going to d- dedicate an entire show to it. But I also want to make sure I I listen to you guys. And if you have players, somebody talked about Pablo Lopez. They sent me a DM today and said, what about Pablo Lopez if the Cardinals would look for a young, controllable starting pitcher from the Marlins? I think he's still got a couple of years left and has had a really good season. He actually shut out the Cardinals earlier this season, back in April, I believe it was. 
Don't know if he pitched the full game, but the Cardinals didn't score a run in that game. I know that down in Miami. So names like that or names that are you could go big, you could go, go small. Like, obviously, we're talking Juan Soto, so it doesn't get much bigger than that. People might say, well, it's not realistic. However, again, $440 million contract. He turned it down, according to reports, which has led the Nationals to decide as of Saturday that they are willing to listen to trade offers on him. If they don't think they can sign him, they think maybe now would be the time to go ahead and get get something for him and perhaps a lot for him. But he makes good money now, and he'll be in arbitration the next couple of years, probably over certainly over $20 million for his 2023 salary and then maybe pushing $30 million, $25, $30 million by the time it gets to 2024. But that's a good, I mean, if you trade for him now, that's close to two and a half years of Juan Soto, and the dude is pretty special. I know he's not having maybe an offensive season up to his regular standards this year, but that really doesn't matter all that much when you look at what his numbers still are. I mean, listen, last year he was OPS of 999, led the league in on-base 465. Two years ago in the shortened COVID season, he was a menace for Nationals in that season. How did he only finish fifth in the MVP vote that year? That doesn't make any sense. I guess he didn't play enough games. Is that what it was? Yeah, I mean, he missed 13 games, and out of 60, that's kind of a significant chunk. 351 on base, or pardon me, back in 2020, he was a 351 batting average, a 490 on base with a 635 slug. That's an OPS near 1,200. Yeah, he led the league in every category. So that's what he's capable of over a smaller stretch. And then last year, OPS around 1,000. And this year, as I mentioned, maybe a little down from that at 895 for the OPS. And the batting average is down at 247. That would be a career low for him. He's usually a pretty good batting average kind of player. But he's still leading the league in walks, which means his on-base is over 400. So, yeah, he is fantastic. 19 home runs. Juan Soto is... uh, yeah, this is not a hot take. He's pretty good. And I said he was 24. He's not even 24 yet. He doesn't turn 24 until October. So you're getting a, a prime producer that maybe still could improve. Like, think about that. He's young enough to where he's right at that physical peak. But you see guys at age 24, 25 continue to get even a little bit better. Making $17 million this year. So as I mentioned, he'll get a big raise for next year and even a bigger one thereafter. He's a, he's a Boris guy as well. So that could maybe have some concern about the Cardinals being able to sign him long-term. But we're going to talk about it all because it's the All-Star break and there won't be any games to discuss. We'll talk Albert Pujols in the Derby, of course, and we'll talk about the All-Star game itself. Baseball fans love this stuff, and so I hope you guys stick with me for B-Shape Daily even when things wind down in terms of the number of games going on in the league. It's just one All-Star game on Tuesday, I believe it is. So make sure you stay with us on B-Shape Daily. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Spotify would love you to be uh, locked in with us in those locations. But yeah, we're going to talk about trades and fun stuff. So no question or comment or topic of discussion is too silly to potentially be broached. So at bshafer12 on Twitter, I want your DMs as soon as I can get them and I can start planning a little bit for the week. But one episode will be Juan Soto-centric. So any comments or thoughts that you have on Soto, pass them along. Vote in the trade poll on Twitter at bshafer12. Once again, I did make that my pinned tweet. So good to go there for being able to find it. And I think we can have a lot of fun this week. Cardinals, hopefully they play a game on Sunday. If they do, I know we'll podcast about it Sunday night. If they don't, you'll probably still hear from me, even if it's brief, to kind of set up uh, the week and set the scene for what we could end up seeing moving into Monday with the uh, the home run derby for Albert. Uh, maybe I'll give my uh, home run derby picks tomorrow night, Sunday Sunday night, which would mean Monday morning you'd be able to listen to the episode of B-Shape Daily. 
do a little home run derby bracket. That could be kind of fun. We'll see what else we can uh, we can get into for this next week. But that is going to do it for this edition of B Shape Daily. I appreciate you guys as always for listening, for subscribing, for liking, reviewing, anything that you can do. It helps me a great deal as I try to get this podcast off the ground. And hopefully you guys are are digging the fact that we've had quite a few episodes over the last week and a half or so. Tell your friends, make it happen. Appreciate you all. We will talk to you next time on B Shape Daily. Peace.